Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Today we are on Judges 14. As you guys know, we've been in the book of Judges. This will be now our second or third episode. I think our second episode in Judges. I think so, um, yeah. So yeah, we're going to be on Judges 14. Um, Daniel Yelverton is back in person in the oh, studio today. Yeah. Hello. So welcome back, Daniel. We're glad you are. <laughs> we're glad you're healthy and you're back with us. Uh, Michael Miller is also joining us again today. Hello, yes. Michael. And uh, glad to see that you are healthy as well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, and then uh, special guest with us today, Jerry Cook, that has joined us in the past. She is our good friend. Um, she is actually, um, who's been on with us before. She lives in Malawi. Um, she's actually in town right now again. She was on with us a, a couple times a year ago when she was in town. Um, and she is coming to us live from her parents' home just outside of the town here in Blanchester where we have the church. Um, so if you're watching on Facebook Live, you can see her face in the eye pad that we moved close to the uh the screen today or to the uh camera so all she can see she can't see us all she can see is like a little iphone looking back at her so um it's you know. pretty boring yeah uh, that was me last that was week, Daniel last <laughs> week <laughs> except yeah. i was like back next to brent and so i was like tiny on the screen yeah, yeah. so every once in a while i <clears throat> i had it pulled up on my computer i could see like my hands moving <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is famous for me right now. Apparently, Ricky Bobby hands. Uh, yeah, we've been doing. Uh, I, I've been doing like a daily devotional, I guess, on Mondays and uh, Wednesday mornings with our chapter a day, and the my uh, I guess what's it what's it called the it does like a screenshot like a, a screen yeah frame. it just yeah. Yeah. a random like thumbnail, thumbnail a thumbnail yeah. of like what your video is, and I have these big Ricky Bobby hands <laughs> going on, and so. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of. That's I was thinking maybe I should name the phone or n- name the video over there, so then at least I'm talking to someone and not. <laughs> and yeah, just a, yeah. Just give it a name. Name the phone yeah. real quick. And <laughs> <laughs> I suggest Fred. Fred. Just because. Fred. Yeah. Wilson. Kind of like uh, Tom Hanks in the yeah. the volleyball. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Candace, that's a good idea. She said, "Set up a mirror in front of the iPad so that she could see us." Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. I didn't say anything. I thought, is well, that even the possible? Camera. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if we have a mirror a big anywhere enough big mirror. enough to do that. But also, we'd have to set it off to the side and then angle it properly. Um, we could maybe do that for the future if we can figure that out. But yeah. today, it probably won't work out. We don't have any time right now. <laughs> Our like behind the scenes would look just crazy because like right now like we've set everything up so it looks really good for you guys as you're watching us it would be like yeah. madness back there <laughs> if we had like you know, a that's mirror a set up and everything so where, where that where the camera hits i mean first off brent has done a really good job building this room <laughs> yeah but thank you we we have used what we can use and this is like there's like electrical stuff in here and there's yeah. wires and storage for a few things. So what you can see looks fantastic. What yeah. you can't see, it, it doesn't. I, I did do talk to it. those. Like any good studio. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Last week I did talk to those kind of stand-up rugs. I don't know if you can see those, Jerry, but that was the thing that I was really kind of honing in on when I was talking <laughs> to you before was those rugs that are right behind the podcast thing. Yeah, I see that. But I couldn't tell what it is. Like, yeah. I was like, what is that? Yeah, yeah it's too um, – it's too uh, – Persian rugs, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever you want to call them, mm. um, rolled up that we used to have on the oh, stage that we don't use now. anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So you can imagine, like, you can give them some fun names if you want to as well. So, <laughs> and like then I was thinking, Aladdin and Jasmine back there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> perfect. You know, perfect. And then I was thinking the wires actually look like workout 
material and i was thinking mm -hmm. what is that are they working out i mean that's in your head <laughs> no. yeah yeah definitely not working yeah out. we're no, not all working no, out. Not um, the actually, rugs are the to put down so you know you're not on the floor and then you have the workout bands yeah. i said oh there are yoga mats um, yeah, <laughs> but honestly, that that back half of the room that you're looking at, that you people on uh, Facebook Live can't see right now, it's behind the camera for, for where you're looking at. That we turn that into kind of our video, yeah. um, testimonial kind of booth area with the backdrop and stuff like that. So um, mm -hmm. when we when we make videos around here, we were trying to kind of up our quality of, of video production a little bit, and so this the other half of this room is now our video setup. This used to be my office. And then before it was my office, it was Phil's office, or actually it was Spencer's, Spencer's office that used to be our youth leader, and then it was Phil's before that. So this room, as many churches know, rooms go through many transitions and become many different mm. things as needed. So um, yeah, now it's a podcast studio and a video studio. Um, so it works. Yeah, yeah, it works. So sorry that that's what you have to look at this week, Jerry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just uh, blessed that I'm able to to partake, and I hope one day, I'll, uh, when all of this is uh, over, before I head out, I hope that I can come in. That yeah, would be come good. in live. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Um. So. Guys, before we get into, like I said, we are going to be, I think I said, we're going to be on Judges 14 today. Mm -hmm. um, before we get into that, Jerry, it's been a year, really, since we spoke to you on the podcast. Um, you've been back in Malawi the whole time, and then you've been back home here for a couple weeks now. Um, what has been like a highlight or two of your year from the last time that we talked to you? Uh, um, you know, this year, I would say the number one highlight is seeing how um, the glory of God is now shining into the villages, starting with the immediate village that we're in. And um, that is through not only the, the facility, through the farm that we are doing. I think I talked a little bit about that last time. Mm -hmm. um, and then also through the kids, um, we're finding that the kids are now taking um, that gospel back to their villages and lives are being changed. So, which is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. That's so yeah, cool. I, I can give just a few examples. Um, so I, last year I was able to oversee a 15 acre farm, which I'm not a farmer, but God did all of that. He provided a good team <laughs> that worked together and then he just blessed and multiplied the crops. So on harvest day, we had women, we had so many children, um, coming to help harvest. And I, you know, I told them we can't pay all of you. And they said, no, we just want to come and help our friends. So all of these kids were coming to help. And even a blind man came to shell maize. Um, wow. we ended up having like 248 bags was three times the amount. We wow. had wow. a woman from like two or three villages over, you know, my prayer is that that farm and the lighthouse is a light into um, all of the villages. And um, we had a woman after the fact come in one of my, um, the people that were helping, he was there and we were just chatting. And this woman came from like two or three villages over and she said, you know, I heard what God did for you here and um, how God provided for you here. And I know that the same God that you serve will provide for me also. So we were able, I asked her, do you know who that God is? And she said, no, we were able to share the gospel with her. She received Christ. Yeah. So it was like the glory of God is shining from there. There were people saved. Like one guy got saved. He um, helped us with weighing the bags of maize. He lives in the immediate village. And he was saying, I mean, even just a week before I came here, I talked to him for about 20 minutes. He speaks good English. And um, 
he was telling me that his business has changed, his family has changed, his wife has changed, and even his desire for the word has changed. And he just praises God for that. Um, and he went on to tell me that he even teaches his two-year-old um, son the word of God and that people tell him he's too young, but he doesn't believe it, that he <laughs> believes that his son will learn it. Um, yeah. And then we have kids going into the village. Um, like we had this one girl who was left uh, by her grandmother. She's a double parent orphan. And she had two 17 year olds stay with her while her grandma w went to a funeral. And in the middle of the night, maybe around um, half 12, somebody seemed like somebody was trying to get inside the house and she just began praying and praying and praying and um, it went away. So those two 17 year olds, they were like, man, you were like talking to God, like, you know, him. And he, wow. they said, and he heard you. And, and she says, I do know him. And he did hear me. Um, but you can know him too. So at about half one in the morning, um, that little girl who is about 15 years old now led those two 17 year olds to Christ. Wow, and uh, yeah, with that, they went into, um, they started going to church yeah, so I can just go on with stories like that of how our kids are now making an impact. Um, I should say God is making an impact through our kids mm -hmm. and the, their villages, um, starting with the immediate village that that we are actually in at the lighthouse in that facility. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's, That's yeah. awesome. That is so <laughs> awesome. Jerry, thank yeah. you so much for not only sharing that with us, encouraging us, but also... Uh, for being, you know, uh, an instrument of the Lord in an amazing, you know, country and an amazing village. And that just that's awesome. Yeah. Talk about let the yeah. light in, right? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Open up the wind. You know, um, <laughs> we should be being the light. And that's uh, when we are the light, um, people will be drawn to us because they don't want to be in darkness. Mm. So we have um, our kids are truly just being a light. Um, to their communities and it draws people to them because they are different. And it just reminds me that we should be the same, you know, um, in Isaiah 49, it says that, um, before we are born, um, before we are in our mother's womb, God gave us a name mm. and, um, it goes on to say that he will make us it's 49, six. B. It says that he will make us a light into the nation, that his salvation will be made known to the ends of the earth. So, you know, we are created in God's image and for a purpose. And whether we were 90 years old or whether we're two and a half years old, God has a purpose and a plan for us. Um, and if uh, we are allowing his light to shine through us, then I believe that lives are transformed and we don't really have to do much. <laughs> mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had one little boy in a village named Mike. He actually wants to be a missionary. And um, I went Sounds to like his village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he, and he's an evangelist. He loves sharing the word of God. And right before I came here, I challenged the kids to, they were memorizing scripture like it was uh, candy. I'm telling you, like, they know like 60, 70 memory verses. And I'm like, whoa, like these kids are amazing. Like God is using them. But I challenged them to memorize a book of the Bible, starting with one chapter at a time. So this kid, Mike, he memorized the story of the transfiguration of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he even could say the word transfiguration and knew what it meant. Wow. I was like, what? Yeah. 
But anyways, in his village, um, apparently I went there once and I just shared that these Guliwamkulu came up to me and I just shared that Jesus loves them because uh, they're, they're from the Chewog tribe and they're a traditional religion. They believe in worshiping spirits and they partake in alcohol they do dances they they it's complete opposite of christianity so apparently they came up to me this is mike's story um he he said um those gule went up to me and i just told them and asked for money i told them i didn't have any but jesus loves them and apparently i said it three times and when um i went back to, he went back to the the lighthouse and then went back to his home village later that Guliwamkulu was waiting for him. And he said, you know, how can Jesus love a person like me? He mm-hmm. said, you know, I beat my mom. I gamble money. I drink um, alcohol. I'm Guliwamkulu. But how can God love someone like me? And this uh, um, now 15-year-old boy, he shared the gospel with him. He reminded him that before he was born, that God gave him a name. And in Isaiah 43, it says that he created him, meaning made him with a purpose. So that Gule, he stopped everything besides being Gulu Wamkulu. So that 15-year-old, 14, 15-year-old boy, he said, um, I will never stop sharing the love of Christ to him. And I will never stop um, sharing the word of God until God changes his heart. Mm, wow. So um, whether we're 5, <laughs> 10, 12 or whether we're a hundred, as long as God has, has us on this earth, I believe that he has a purpose for us. And just even by telling them that Jesus loves them, um, it's a simple phrase, but God can do major things with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of a cool tie-in to um, our chapter of the day today, and actually being in Judges at all, where we have the Holy Spirit moving through us um, and giving us those things mm. that we need in those times. Um, and it also talks in each one of the stories of the Judges that we're in right now. There's certain moments where the the, the Spirit comes, the Spirit of God comes upon them and gives them certain power to do things mm. um, for His glory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. yeah, pretty cool. So, and today we're on, um, we're in the story of Samson. Yep. And we're on the riddle, correct? Yes. So do one of you guys want to give us some context of where we are? <laughs> yeah, Daniel does. Yeah. I love doing I'm like that. the context guy. Like Michael's like, to Daniel. Um, uh, so we are, basically, this is the last judge besides Samuel. And Samuel's kind of prophet's last judge. And then he kind of ushers in um, the uh, kind of the kings, uh, the era of kings for Israel. Uh, and so uh, Sam, uh, Samson is an interesting story. Um, if you're looking at the, the book of Judges, you'll see that God has, is sending saviors to his people, but they're broken people, like they're broken saviors. They are very flawed individuals, and yeah. we're getting more and more into the deeper flaws. Yeah, each one gets worse. Yeah, it yeah, like it does. There's, it's, it, and I think there's like just this, like this de- decay, this spiritual decay that's happening in Israel mm-hmm. as they continue to go in this cycle of, uh, of rejecting God, of being kind mm-hmm. of put into a place of being punished or conquered and then we're crying out for a savior and then God brings a deliverer and then it ushers in a time of peace and then that peace turns into sin again. And so you see, you keep on saying, and again, Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So you see that in uh, the very beginning of chapter 13. But what's really interesting is that 
So the Philistines oppressed uh, the Israelites for the longest time, which was 40 years. 40 years is kind of a number for judgment or ultimate judgment or completion. It's the, the 40 years in the wilderness that the generation eventually died off. That was the kind of the judgment on that generation. Mm. And so this is kind of pointing to like a totality, like 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 it's pull, it's pointing to a head that like, this is the ultimate judgment that's coming against Israel. And uh, and Samson, this is really interesting. A couple things that are different about this story than other judges is that Israel never cried out for help, but God still sent a deliverer. So uh, yeah. all the other time before, Israel cried out for help, and then God sent the deliverer. This is also the first time a judge has been made a judge since birth. He's A Savior has been born to help out Israel. So this is pre- before they cried out for help, God made a savior for them. And there's some, even though Samson is an awful character and a bad individual, it it parallels so much to the story of Jesus. How even though they didn't cry out for help, God had a plan for salvation and that he birthed into this world a savior that was going to be the one. And it's cool because it says here that in uh, in verse, I know we're not in chapter 13, but it says that in, in the end of verse 5, it says he began to rescue Israel from the Philistines. And so Samson starts a story of God sending rescue uh, to Israel and ultimately through the world through Jesus. Even though Samson is completely flawed and broken, God is still determined to rescue his people. And, uh, and so I think that that's really cool how uh, you see that kind of laid out. But... One thing to note is when we're reading this is that Judges is super violent and super disturbing in a lot of ways. And when it says that the Spirit of God came upon Samson, it wasn't that God was endorsing or condoning his actions because yeah. he did some pretty terrible things in those moments. Uh, so did some other judges uh, beforehand. And so, um, but what he's doing is he's, he's using the flawed individuals that he has to accomplish his plan and purpose. And, and for me, that's like a thread of hope constantly through this uh, book that uh, that God takes even our own brokenness, even our own mistakes, and he can turn it into glory. He can turn it into good. He can turn it into salvation. He can turn it into mm. hope. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's kind of like backstory, I guess. Okay. If I wasn't worried about you still being a little bit sick, I'd give you a high five. But yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm go stay away. But it's like six feet away, high five. <laughs> ah. Social distance high five. That's what I do with my students online. I go, whoopsh. <laughs> and, they, and they do the same thing Ooh, to the you screen. Whip them. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Daniel, for setting that up for us. Um, so, guys, what we're going to do now is um, get into our scripture reading for the day. Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. But his father and mother said to him, Is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives, or among all our people, that you must go to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me for she is right in my eyes. His father and mother did not know that it was from the Lord, for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines. At that time, the Philistines ruled over Israel. Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah, 
and behold, a young lion came toward him roaring. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she was right in Samson's eyes. After some days, he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion, and honey. He scraped it out into his hands and went on, eating as he went. And he came to his father and mother, and gave some to them, and they ate. But he did not tell them that he had scraped the honey from the carcass of the lion. His father went down to the woman, and Samson prepared a feast there, for so the young men used to do. As soon as the people saw him, they brought thirty companions to be with him. And Samson said to them, Let me now put a riddle to you. If you can tell me what it is within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothes. But if you cannot tell me what it is, then you shall give me thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothes. And they said to him, Put your riddle that we may hear it. And he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat, out of the strong came something sweet. And in three days they could not solve the riddle. On the fourth day they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband to tell us what the riddle is, lest we burn you and your father's house with fire. Have you invited us here to impoverish us? And Samson's wife wept over him and said, You only hate me. You do not love me. You have put a riddle to my people, and you have not told me what it is. And he said to her, Behold, I have not told my father nor my mother, and shall I tell you? She wept before him the seven days that their feast lasted, and on the seventh day he told her, because she pressed him hard. Then she told the riddle to her people, and the men of the city said to him on the seventh day, before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, If you had not ploughed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon and struck down thirty men of the town, and took their spoil, and gave the garments to those who had told the riddle. In hot anger, he went back to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to his companion, who had been his best man.
<clears throat> so, man, that is man. our reading for the day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a glimpse in the whole story of Samson, but uh, sounds like an awesome, awesome guy so far, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, totally def- level-headed, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely learned some things here. You know, like um, uh, if if you. Uh, <laughs> Kill a lion, you should eat the the, the, honey. the food out of the, the carcass. Can, yeah. we, can yeah. we also talk about the analogy? Like, he ripped the lion up like it was like a young oh. goat. Like, is that like a measurement tool? Know. You know, like, ooh, that's a little bit too strong. It's not like a young goat's mouth, so I can't rip that up. But, it, you know, yeah. like, what is that? It's like a common thing that people would do, you know? I guess. Like, well, I, I learned that if, day. this is why I was laughing, because my, my, my wife is watching and she'll kill me, but... Um, I learned that that if a woman is nagging, that's, that what'll end up happening is you're, uh, you'll end up not getting the riddle, and then like your husband will kill thirty of your friends. So that's probably and then give you to his best friend. Yeah, yes. So I mean, yeah, that's probably like, terrible. You, you yeah, probably shouldn't yeah. nag. I think that's the the application here. Yeah, I, I still think what he what he said back to him: if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have solved my riddle. Yeah, and yeah. you get called a heifer. Also. Wow. I know. I, yeah. I was listening and reading. I was like. Did he just call his wife a cow? Like, I think and did he the did. analogy of plowing with a heifer was like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's, that's rough. And then to me too, it's you know I'm sure that it was valuable back then, but to me the bet itself that caused all this is like thirty changes of clothes and some garments. Like that seems like a strange bet to me. And obviously it was more valuable back then, but yeah. to go through all that trouble for some clothes, like that seems like a lot. I, and I don't know if the people that he killed were wearing the clothes, but like if he killed them, wouldn't they be like a little damaged or bloody, right? And it's like giving them like 30 like bloody garments, be like, here you go. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. Thanks, Samson. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we to learn from this? You shouldn't plow with somebody else's heifer. There's that. That's, that's <laughs> definite. I agree. Uh, well. Yeah, I think Samson's a well, bad think, guy, um, man. Uh, yeah, the ahead, first thing, one of the things that I pick from this is taking advice, um, because many times, um, many times we want to do things on our own. So, um, but the other thing is taking advice from people who seek the Lord. So he he took his uh, he did not take his parents' advice in the first off, mm-hmm. but then the very people that gave him the advice, went back on their advice, not seeking the Lord. So I believe that we need um, those people that we go to in our life that will give us good advice. But those people um, need to be people of Christ, people of the word, people of prayer, because his father and mother allowed those things to happen, but because they did not know that it was from the Lord, but Mm. they did not know because they did not seek. Mm. So um, for me, I think taking advice from people who seek the Lord and following that advice, not what is in the sight for me or my eyes or our eyes, um, but what is right in God's eyes and what does he want? And sometimes he sends people um, to give us advice who are filled with the spirit, who are in prayer, who are in the word, and we need to listen to that advice. Mm-hmm. What... Um and maybe this is part of that, what you were just speaking on, but what is the significance of telling us that he took that honey and fed it to his parents without telling them where it came from? So the Nazar- mm. Nazarite vow is, um, there's a couple things that you can't do. One, you can't drink wine. 
uh, or any alcoholic beverage. The other thing, you can't touch anything dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Dead. And then the yeah. other is you can't cut your hair. Yeah. So those are th- there are three steps for it. And eventually, Samson breaks every single one of those. Right. Uh, and eventually cuts his hair, and that's when he loses all of his. That's when the spirit of God leaves him. Um, gotcha. Spoiler alert! In uh, you know chapter <laughs> yeah, 16, way to go, Daniel. Chapter Man. sixteen. So that's why it's significant. That's why he didn't tell his parents because he was supposed to be a Nazarite from birth. Normally, that wasn't the case. Normally, a Nazarite was just a vow for a certain period of time. But since mm. he was a Nazarite from birth, he touched a dead animal, and so that was a going against the vow that he was supposed to have for his entire life. Gotcha. Right. That se- yeah, that seems significant, and but also kind of strange that they included that if it wasn't significant. So mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to ask about that. Yeah, I think I think that. that it, oh, go ahead, Jerry. I was just gonna say, um, <laughs> I don't. I'm not judging Samson because we all know his character, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we all know that we are human, but and make mistakes. But I just, uh, I don't get um, why he 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 knew. He knew that it was against to eat from that carcass to touch that dead thing, but yet he still um, he still did it. And not only did he do it, but then he caused his parents to eat of that too. Yeah. So it's one thing knowing himself that he did it, but then it's saying that now he fed it also to the Lord. And in verse six, it says the spirit of Lord rushed upon him. So he had had the spirit of the Lord when he killed that lion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I, I think part of the answer to that, Jerry, is looking at the, the whole story, uh, looking at judges and, and what it's at, what's actually happening here. What, what we see is this decay of leadership, like Daniel talked about earlier. And, and, and what we're really seeing is that, to be honest, that these judges that's not what we need. We need God. We don't need these, these male, these, these, you know, human leaders. Mm-hmm. And then of course we end up getting Kings, which God never wanted Kings either. And the Kings end up being better, but you, we still see throughout the Israelite history that doesn't turn out so great either. Yeah. So mm-hmm. all these, all these things lead up to Jesus. Like we needed that King. We need a, a kingdom that's not really of this world. We need we needed something different, and and all these things are really they paint this picture that judges aren't what we need. They're not the savior that we need. Kings are not the savior that we need. They're all flawed. We need Jesus. Yeah. So I think I think that's I think that's part of what these stories show is like, man, yeah, he does dumb things like breaks his vows and and he and he, and he does things out of anger when there there could have been smarter ways to do things and i think that that's just showing us that he's flawed majorly flawed and and that's i think that's kind of the point of the story is that he's flawed mm-hmm. and and i think and it, go ahead Jerry. i was going to say it could also reflect what daniel was saying earlier that you know um it actually pushes jesus in the forefront even more mm-hmm. um because here these uh, he was sent as you said i think you said in chapter 13 um that um, he was sent to to save them, but we see that a human couldn't do that. The children of Israel were supposed to glorify God and and show all of the people who God was, but they could they were unable to do that. So when Jesus came, he was perfect, and we see that without a doubt he was the Savior of the world mm-hmm. because of his yeah. because of who he was. 
Yeah, I think another thing that kind of stuck out to me in kind of we we kind of look at Samson's idiocy almost and like like dude like what are you doing like why are you keep, like doing <laughs> yeah. this and <clears throat> and I think it's interesting is that he's a judge for twenty years right and um, I think there is a there's a patience in God's judgment right there's a patience mm. in that He will give us allowance for repentance like He'll give us this space and time for repentance and a lot of times uh, humanity and even myself. I will use that time and think to myself, okay, maybe I'm not going to get judged for my actions. Maybe the consequences are not going to come. Maybe I kind of got off or avoided this or got off scot-free. And and Paul talks about it in Romans uh, chapter 2 about how we can't just say to God, hey, what we did was actually a good thing to save people. Well, I shouldn't be judged for the sin that I'm doing because it ended up turning out to be a good thing in the right. long run, right? Mm. And so Paul kind of like lays out this whole issue that we have that even though God works and does good things in the terrible actions that we do, that doesn't absolve us of the choices that we're making. And I think in Samson, that comes alive. Like, it's literally coming alive, and it doesn't absolve him of the choices that he's making. Even though he's making awful choices, God is still using the flawed tools that he has. Uh, tool, uh, it could be used multiple ways. Tools as an instrument, but tools as in, like, a dumb dude. But uh, he uses <laughs> nice. he uses. I needed those. that because I, I wasn't following, but no, thank uh, you for that. Uh, no, he, I got it. He uses those instruments for his glory and for his plans and his purposes, which I think I think also can give us hope when we've made mistakes that he can still turn Mm. something into good there. But also God's judgment is sure. Like it's it's something that will come. It 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 can be slow. The process can be slow, but it's fine and and refining in the process. And so I think that um, like that to me is like where you eventually see that kind of taking place in Samson, and still God's still using it to. Uh, to to punish the Philistines, to to rescue Israel, uh, and different things, but at the cost of Samson's life, at the cost of his integrity. There's so many other things that Samson loses in the process. Um, but he's, you know, I, I think that that's a interesting kind of thing because I think a lot of times, especially in an era of grace, we can kind of think that I can do these things and I can just ask for forgiveness and everything's fine. And we don't think about the consequences, not only of that happened to us, but also that happened to the people around us. Because the sad thing that I see is that the things that Samson does affects the people around him. Like, like his wife or could have been wife and their whole family get burned in the whole next chapter. They get burned alive in their house because Samson, you know, ties some foxtails together and puts his torches in them and sets them off into like the local grocery store. Right. And so burns Mm. the, you know, burns all their fields down and which that's tomorrow. If you're, you know, not tomorrow, that's yeah. Tomorrow. If you're reading, so that would be (laughs) Wednesday. Uh, uh, you'll see that, which is a crazy story. And, And so, but I think that that's, a couple things that I think about is that one judgment is sh- can be sure for we we will reap the consequence of the actions. God's not going to be mocked, um, but thankfully Jesus paid the penalty for our sin, and so we don't have such severe judgment. I would say that we have, but the consequences are still there, and the effects are still catastrophic, especially to the ones that are closest to us. It's something that's really hard for us to to grasp that our our free will, our our choices have an effect, yet. They don't really change God's outcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think Samson's a good example of that. We see how things affect him personally, but if you look at the trajectory of the of the entire book of Judges, God still accomplishes the mission that He sets out to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He uses terrible people 
that are just total failures, and it's almost like they accidentally win <laughs> because because this is what God wants to carry out. So I just think that's an interesting thing that God's going to do what God's going to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And and it and it has. I don't want to make this sound wrong, but it almost has very little to do with you. I mean, I, I, you know, being in ministry, I'm just thankful that God lets me be a part of doing what mm. God's going to do to begin with. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's not that God's blessed that He has us. Mm-hmm. It's we're blessed that we have Him. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that was uh, definitely something that I think um, looking through the life of Samson and even all of the different people in the Bible we can see that every person or in the Bible, um, besides maybe Nehemiah um, and Joseph, but they all made mistakes. So it just shows that we, um, as Moses, um, I heard, I think I read in a book once that said Moses spent the first 40 years thinking that he was a somebody. And then the next 40 years, he was learning that he was a nobody. (laughs) And then the last 40 years, he saw what God could do with a nobody. So hmm. for us, when we look through these people in the Bible, they've all made mistakes and that we are truly nobodies. But God has chosen to use nobodies to um, accomplish his will. Yeah. So if we make a mistake, he knows our heart. He knows that, that if we did it out of evil content or he knows whether we've done that out of um, innocence or out of, um, you know, a different motive. Hmm. Um yeah, so as we look at Samson, I'm not sure um, what he was thinking, but he is just a human, um, and God still accomplished what he wanted. And even at the end, when the Spirit had left him, he still listened to Samson. Um, although Samson's life was lost, he still accomplished his will through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a beautiful story of, of redemption right after. Well, I think I was telling Michael earlier, one of the saddest verses in here is in actually chapter... 16 verse 20 16. yeah or he or he woke up and he thought he was going to shake free from the bonds after his hair was cut and it says but he didn't realize that the lord had left him it was like it was almost mm. like the presence of god had left him and he just didn't, didn't even realize, realize it was gone mm-hmm. but then two verses down from that it says but before long his hair began to grow back mm-hmm. and i think oh, that's yeah. beautiful like there is this like like that mistake was catastrophic. It cost him his strength. It cost him his eyes. It cost him. He was in, you know, in prison and eventually cost him his life. Um, but his hair began to grow back, you know, and there was like there's almost like there is always in the in the most brokenness, in the things that are dead, in the things that seem like they're totally beyond repair. There's always an opportunity for God to bring resurrection and to bring redemption, just like in Samson's story. Yeah. And I can't as as we approach uh, time that we need to finish up. We talked for quite a while before we got into the scripture today, but um, as we approach um, needing to finish up, I, I can't help but see a parallel through this story um, and, and what the world is going through right now. So we're talking about how God will move through broken people, through through terrible people in certain circumstances to accomplish his ends. Um, so he doesn't cause the bad things, but he works through those yeah. bad things for the glory of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so... Through, I've had a lot of conversations about this recently, but through where we all are right now with, um, with this coronavirus thing that's, that's just changed our, our normal. You know, this is the mm-hmm. new normal for the foreseeable future. Um, God didn't cause this, but he's working through it. Mm-hmm. So I would love to do a little exercise with each one of you and go around and see what you have seen good coming out of this time. Yeah. 
So Michael, you want to go first? You shared yeah. this earlier, but yeah. like my like my my kid six got feet saved. away, high five! <laughs> like <laughs> seriously, that's amazing, man. Yeah, like what I shared before. So this this hasn't on the podcast. This is on the Facebook Live part. So yeah. so basically, what happened is we did communion with <laughs> with the grilled cheese and high and uh and Hawaiian punch, and you can judge me for that if you'd hey, like to. It but. says Hawaiian inside of it, so it's like you had wine. Hawaii, in your, yeah, yeah Hawaiian, I agree. Hawaiian punch. Wow. <laughs> Hello, I don't, I don't know how to respond to that one, but <laughs> yeah. but but anyway, I, you know, I just did the normal communion thing. I, I I read the scriptures and 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 talked to them about. It. it was the second time that we had done that because since we've been trying to do that, you know, this week, yeah, and um, or I guess last week, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. But anyway, um, and 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 Noah launched into the sinner's prayer without being prompted, Ooh. and and he and he just accepted, you know. Jesus as a savior. So that obviously is the the biggest most awesome thing I could ask for during this time. Yeah. So so that I mean and, and also uh, God's been dealing with me uh, on a really personal level. Uh, maybe it's it's I don't know. Um but th- but there's some things going on in my heart that that God is uh, waking me up and and, and working on me. Yeah. So that's that's a good thing too. Mm, yeah. Daniel? Um so I think for me uh, when we had to do the kind of two week quarantine, there was a lot of challenges with that. Um, uh, but I think there's just been a stripping away of things mm-hmm. like, and I found myself cultivating such more of a, uh, a heart of worship, uh, pursuing the presence of God. And, um, I can even just say that like my relationship with my wife has just gotten a lot better over this season. We've spent more time together because we've been staying at home and I've been working from home and we've had challenges with a two-year-old and a four-year-old for sure. Um, but I think that uh, I've been able to see just fruits of us, of our conversation and us kind of spending time together and carving out that time to pursue his presence, pursue worship um, for me has just been great because I think in ministry, it's so easy to just fill our lives with stuff or <clears throat> just in, in general. It's so easy to fill our lives with stuff. Sorry. <clears throat> but I think kicking that, out the last bit of I know, get, 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 yeah, that last little Rona. <laughs> uh, and, and so uh, I think that that's been really nice for me is that that pausing and stripping away and slowing down and really giving me more chance to just spend because that was something that I think, I think I struggled with a lot was just pausing and spending a lot of quiet time with the Lord. And now that's happening a lot more. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. So Jerry, if you would, before you share yours, let me say this real quick to the people watching mm-hmm. on Facebook live and your comments, Daniel posted it just a second ago, but in case you haven't seen it, I wanted to say it as well. So as Jerry shares, and then I will share as well, um, send out, uh, on the comments yeah. for this Facebook live, send out some of the things, the good things that you've seen, um, happening in your lives and in lives of people around you through this time. So, okay. That being said, Jerry, you can go ahead and share now if you would. Um, yeah. So in 2014, um, there was, um, we had to speak to some people before going to Malawi to make sure that we're okay to go. And there was a guy that he encouraged me to have a being verse, like to just be in the Lord. Because when we're in ministry, sometimes we forget that we need to just be. So um, through that time, you know, living in Malawi, I, I do take time to be with the Lord, like in prayer and, and through the word, because I, obviously I couldn't be there with the strength because of the challenges and stuff without it. But in Malawi, I feel most, I would say even here, I feel most, um, I feel best when I'm be, when I'm doing, 
for example, when I get to share Christ with people, it just it makes me feel like I'm doing what I'm created to do. Mm-hmm. When I teach and love the orphans, it, it makes me feel like I'm uh, I'm doing what I'm created to do. Um, so when returning here, I'm not going to lie, like about last week, I hit a down point. I said, what am I can't do this? I've not shared the, the gospel to one person in two weeks. Like, how can I do this? And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, at this time, I just want you to be mm-hmm. like, um, so it convicted my heart that, um, I shouldn't find, um, my peace in doing mm. that my peace should be found in being. So, um, that's what God is showing me is that there, there are times where I can share the gospel and use, you know, media to do that even here, but we need to just be in him. We need to, um, be at peace in him through his word and through prayer and not doing so that's what God is showing me is whether I'm here, whether I'm there, whether he's using me every second of the day or whether he's um, wanting me to sit quietly before his feet, that I should be at peace with just being. So let me, she said, I'm trying to make sure I caught that because that's not really profound, that we shouldn't find our peace in doing, but find our peace in being. Is that what you said? Or did I, did I, yes. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not giving everybody the green light just to not do anything, (laughs) obviously, (laughs) but we're best when we're being first. Yeah. 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 So we, the peace should come by being, um, not by doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what ends up happening is the, the doing comes out of your being, but being Mm. has to come first. That's that's good stuff, Jerry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And you guys know from seeing me around the the church a lot, I am a doer. Like I'm constantly Mm. doing, doing, doing. And um, one of my favorite things that has come out of this whole thing is just there's a slower pace to life right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, I've, I've shared with a few people, I feel like this pace is more of where we're supposed to actually live at. Mm. Everything has gotten so fast and moves so quickly and the normal that, um, that there's just not enough time or we don't feel like we can make enough time for the things that are, that need to be priorities and be important as in spending time in worship, spending time just in relationship Mm. with God, being still before him, reading his word. Um, so I have seen a lot of benefit in a lot of different people, um, from that where this, this slower pace is giving people time to almost naturally slide into spending more time with him. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. and for myself as well. Um, I'm not as consistent with it yet as I want to be, but I've been able to get more into it. I've been more in the word. I've spent some time with him, um, personally, just on my knees and, um, but I'm also seeing families bonding and spending time together. I see, you know, in the, in the craziness that's going on right now, like I see so many families like taking a walk around the neighborhood now and, Mm. and they have the time to do those things where typically you get home from work, you have an hour and a half to get dinner done and all that kind of stuff. And then you got to get the kids baths and you got to get them to bed and get do the whole routine. And it seems like it's shifted things a lot to where I, I've found, I've shared this with the church staff as well. I found frustration and stress in not having a developed rhythm in this yet. Yeah. But besides that, I'm still joyful and happy because I'm seeing, um, 
so many more people having time to slow down and stop and focus on what's important and spend time with their family. Through this time, my daughter, she's learned how to ride her bike. Um, she's learning how to play guitar now. She actually has learned the chords G and C, so oh, she started nice. playing. Yeah. Um, uh, if you know the song Beautiful Surrender from Bethel and from uh, Jonathan and Melissa Helzer, um, the the first two verses and the choruses are all just GC back and forth. So we took a video of her playing that and singing that yesterday. And she just has so much joy from that. Um, so we've seen a lot of really good things happening in our house. And I've just seen so many people sharing that there's so many families that are coming together now, even to make silly videos that they're spending time together to put on Facebook and all this different Lindsay. stuff. And, <laughs> and I'm also seeing, um, even in us as a church staff, I'm seeing us, as Michael mentioned, maybe on the Facebook Live before we started this podcast, but I'm seeing so much more time now that we have to um, focus, and it's actually become more of a priority to kind of drive us to focus on reaching things and developing things that we've wanted to as a church for a long time, but we haven't ever actually gotten to do yet because of the pace of life yeah. before this stuff hits. So um, I see a lot of things coming out of it that are leaning to people connecting with God. I've seen a lot of people reaching out and actually coming to know Jesus through this time because the pace is slowing down, but also because they start to prioritize some things because there's, you know, as, as bad as it might be, there's some fear seeking or seeping into them that's making them look at things in a different way and thinking, you know what, maybe this whole God thing's a good idea. Maybe I want to check into that, you know? Yeah. And so the fear is not of God, but him using that to draw people to him can be of God for people to come to yeah. know him through this time. So I'm actually excited. Um, someone on the worship team um, texted me yesterday and they said, uh, you know, it, it's it's just an honor to serve on our team and to serve with you through this time. And um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen, you know, through this time. And I said, you know what, I'm excited to see what's ha- going to happen through this time. But I'm also, that was me. Uh, but I'm also, I'm super excited to see what's going to happen when this breaks. Mm. Because mm. there is going to be a release of God within the people. There's going to be a release within the people themselves of just joy and coming together and celebrating and letting go of a lot of the differences that we have typically. Um, and I feel like there's just going to be a period of just so much joy and celebration. Um, and I know that God's going to be moving among that and he's going to be preparing our hearts now and preparing us for what we're going to need to do in that time to continue for his glory. So, um, mm. I've seen a lot of that as well. Um, so, uh, Candace Henderson, um, she's actually a good friend of ours here at the church and she's on the worship team. Um, she said, I've noticed a lot more public figures have been going public with their faith, which can potentially bring others to a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That's very good. Mm. That's true. So much. I've seen quite a bit of that myself. Um, what you look like you were about to say something. Michael. I, I just, I'm I'm in thought because um because I, I don't have a good transition for it but I, again I'm I'm really stuck in thought with what Jerry's talking about 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 the idea of being overdoing and the reason why I'm, I'm thinking about that is <laughs> it's funny how the Holy Spirit works that mm-hmm. this that is told you guys that I've been kind of working through some things mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that I'm working through mm-hmm. um, sometimes we put our value in what we do. Yeah. And it's in and, and aim or our youth, they've been working through some some things about identity. Who are you? Who are you in Christ? Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, as I'm talking with Phil, just trying to figure out like, man, how, how can I do better? You know, because you know, I'm worried about some of the things that because, um, you know, we have ways that we can measure some of the things that we're doing. And as, as I look at some of these things, I'm like, man, and this time I don't feel like I'm doing as well. Mm-hmm. And, and Phil and Phil basically in a different way 
came to the same conclusion that Jerry, like, who are you, Michael? And like, I'm, I'm, I'm a children's minister, you know? And, and but you're so, not. Well, you're, you're created in God's image. And um, yes. Isaiah 43 says that he created us, meaning like if we look that word up, it means he created us with an end in mind. For example, like the person that made the cell phone didn't just make it for no reason, right. but he made it with a purpose in mind. So, but well, this is, like, what like I mean, you, this is a both and thing. It's not like a yeah, either or. But I was going to say, like you, we oftentimes find our identity in in what we are doing. But if we are just being, imagine, like Brent was talking about, what is going to happen when we're finished with this. Like, imagine if uh, everybody is being, if they're being refilled and refueled and they can't go out, imagine that release when people can go out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They will, my prayer is, is that the gospel will go out um, with fire and with flames because they couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. They didn't realize that they weren't, before we had the freedom, but now we can't. So my prayer is, is that if people are spending time in the word, and they're spending time being, ah, like there might be a big revival that happens. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, you're fine. We yeah. didn't see what happened. But, <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, Jerry. I'm not disagreeing. What, I, what I'm saying is that oh. uh, that I think that understanding what your identity is, you, that your identity is first in Christ. But mm. God has created you, and not just me, like all of us. He's created us with gifts. He's created us. To do things, but but more, he's created a, who we are and how we are. He he defines us, mm -hmm. and and I think one, one thing that I fall trapped to, and I think that maybe a lot of our, our our listeners would fall you know into, is defining ourselves by the results, defining ourselves by what we do. Uh, mm. You know, for me, like looking at the numbers with Facebook Live, like how many people are watching, or 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 how many people you know are listening, but that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, what God has you know, kind of led me, like he has called me at this moment to children's ministry. He has called me to Blanchester. And, 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 I, and so the point is, is that who I am defines my focus. Mm -hmm. And then out of who I am should spring forward what I do. So I think that mm. what, what we could do is, is get right who has God called us to be. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then move forward. And I think that, that helps us with our priorities. Yeah. It helps us. You know, take away the junk that's distracting us. Take take away all the stuff that's that's getting in our way. Yeah. And so we can do the things that spring forward out of who we are. Yeah. That's and great. Proverbs, uh, that's good, Mike. Proverbs twenty verse five is something God had been teaching me. It says that the purpose in a man's heart is uh, is deep within one's heart. Um, actually, yeah. the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water. But a man with understanding will draw it out. So, Michael, you're right. Like the time that we are born, um, I believe that God has given us those gifts. And um, from the time we're born until the time that we die, we are drawing those uh, those things out of our lives. The gifts, we are learning more of what God gave us. And we're becoming more um, of who he created us to be by learning more like him. So you're right. Like in this journey of your life, you were in Blanchester. You were in the children's ministry director you know but that flows as you said by who he has created yep. you to be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's good mm. yeah 
Preach it, Jerry. <laughs> so, guys, let's let's finish up on that. Um, Jerry, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I know that you said your prayer is for a, a possible revival and things to come from this. And I love the yeah. way that you worded it, that the gospel would be spread. What did you say with with flame and with fire? Mm-hmm. Something yeah. like that. Um, would you would you close out? Would you close us in prayer before we finish up? Mm. Sure. Please. Thank you. Yeah. Let us pray. Um, dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, um, you are Lord, you are God, you are perfect, you are a leader, um, and you are controller of all things. First, I just want to thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for wanting to use unworthy nobodies. Lord God, we see in Samson, he made so many mistakes, but yet you still used him. Mm-hmm. You still hurt him. His hair still grew back. Lord God, I pray for each person listening. Lord God, I pray for our world. As Isaiah 49 says that we will be the light and to all of the nations that your salvation will be made known to the ends of the earth. Lord God, I pray that each one of us right now are just being in you, that we're reading your word, that we're taking time in prayer, that you're growing our faith. And when all of this is done, we will see your glory. We will see how you've moved. But Lord God, I pray that the church will go out after this, Lord God, and uh, your word will go out as flame and fire and will change and transform lives, Lord God, for your name, that we will do it through your word. We will do it by your love. We will do it by allowing your light to shine through us. We know that people in darkness don't want to be in darkness, Lord God. So let us um, just reflect who you are. But Lord God, I pray that you're using this time that we are alone in our homes or with our families to strengthen the families, Lord God, to strengthen the children, Lord God, to strengthen husbands and wives, Lord God, so that your word will go out after this, Lord God, and even now, and it will transform lives. People will see your power. People will see your love. People will see your word is truth, Lord God. People are searching for truth, and you are truth, mm-hmm. Lord God. Lord God, thank you for doing far abundantly more than we ask or think. Again, thank you for using unworthy people like us. Lord God, thank you for being faithful when we are not. Thank you for um, when we are in unbelief, Lord God, you still show us yourself. And as the children of Israel, they didn't cry out to you, Lord God. Um, And as Samson didn't know that you weren't with them, Lord God, but you were there. Mm -hmm. So I pray, Lord God, that as our nation and as the world goes through this, that they will seek your face. And if they're not seeking your face, Lord God, you will still show them yourself. Mm. Lord God, I thank you for doing far abundantly more than we ask. I thank you, Lord God, for being a God who hears and acts and a God who loves us. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, yeah. Jerry. You're welcome. Th- I, thank you for having me. Absolutely. I feel like I asked the right person to pray for us today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was powerful. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah. and honestly, you know, as we close this up, I think I told you um, on Facebook Messenger, but um, anytime that you want to join us, um, now that we have mm. this face FaceTime uh, situation set up here through our, our soundboard so that we can have people on remotely, anytime that you want to join us, you reach out to us and let us know because we would love to have you join us anytime that you want to. And I know that you okay. shared um, you shared uh, a little bit of not maybe frustration, but almost disappointment where you've you've been unable to share God's word as much as you would love to. Mm. If this is a platform that you are able to do that on and that helps release that in you, um, feel free. Like I said, reach out to us anytime you want to be on here and let us know. And we, we can always um, fit another microphone line in here for the iPad to be able to have you on with us from wherever you are in the world. Yeah. We love okay. you and we thank you for joining us. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So guys, um, as we wrap up, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you watching again today on Facebook and those of you listening on SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher and anywhere else you're finding this on a podcast. I um, want to thank Michael and Daniel again, as always, for joining us um, and for <laughs> giving more uh, social distancing high fives. Um, so guys, we give you one as well. And um, guys, thank you so much for watching. Keep keep up your um, your faith keep up your joy um and just lean into jesus in this time um let his light shine you know that's that's the daily devotional that we're doing um let his light shine on you fill you up draw closer to him so that he can fill you up and then pour that out on the world and those people around you so that's our mission for you um and guys we love you um stay safe um and we will talk to you next week guys have a good week we'll see you later Bye. bye guys thank you